0: Integrity is what matters in journalism.
1: Hello, and welcome to Inside the Promo. The only podcast uncovering the deep, dark secrets of professional wrestling's most notorious interview segments. I'm your host, Thunderbolt Peterson. Tonight's episode is very special. We'll be looking at the top five promos of 2020. But before we get into that, I want to update you on the last episode of Inside the Promo, Baggy Thong Remark, in which we examined the split up of the Rockers tag team. And here's that update. Marty Janetti killed a guy. That's right. Perhaps reeling from the revelations talked about in that show opening up old wounds, Marty Janetti confessed to a murder when he was 13 years old, saying that he killed a coworker he was trying to buy marijuana from after the coworker tried to sexually assault him. Now, here's what we know, okay? Marty Giannetti is known for making outrageous comments and claims on social media. So is this story even true? Also, this post was essentially a threat of domestic violence against his current partner, and that should not be overlooked by this murder investigation. Also, the Columbus, Georgia Police Department, they will be investigating this situation, but since the priority is on open homicides, basically they said we'll get to it when we get to it. And that's not acceptable for me Um, that's where inside the promo comes in I've already got sources out on the ground in Muscogee County and you better believe that I will be looking into this and updating you on future episode I don't know where this investigation will lead us but one thing's for sure cocaine glass is one hell of a drug On last week's show, a mailbag email compared me to wrestling journalist Zane Melter, and I may have reacted unfavorably to that comparison. So as a mea culpa, I'm inviting Zane Melter on tonight's episode. And since a lot of people are saying we should be focusing on current wrestling promos, Inside the Promo is going to count down the top promos of 2020 in the world of professional wrestling. What makes this episode most exciting, however, not only is that Skiff is going to be joining us again, but I have some wonderful news that I want to share with my audience and my dear friend, Zave. Important thing to note, if it seems like I'm out of it in this episode, it's because Zave keeps Tokyo hours. This interview took place at 3 a.m.
0: But this match, it was it was exactly 4.78 stars, in my opinion, and that's all the star ratings have ever been. And you see a lot of outrage. You see a lot of outcry. But uh, the, the, the fact is the match was exactly that good. Some people say round up.
1: Come on, man. Why are you always talking about math and shit? Wrestling is about feeling. It's about emotion. It's not about quarter hours.
2: Which, which uh, Jin's game match are you talking about?
0: <laughs> oh, right. So it was at the Tokyo Dome.
1: Don't encourage him, Kevin.
0: Against Jaguar Yokoto. And... Their tag partners at the time were, of course, Jushin Thunder Liger and uh, Ultimo Dragon. But when he was actually Pen-Ultimo Dragon, slightly before he achieved Ultimo status, he was Mm Pen-Ultimo. And um, it ended in a disqualification, which is why it was not a five-star match. It was clear there wasn't a story arc involved, but the gate at this thing, oh, you wouldn't believe it. And I wasn't there, but I, I had the tape. And you could just feel this hot crowd. They were really, really hot. Such a hot crowd. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I must. I once made $10,000 for a photo of Jushin Thunder Lager's illegitimate child. the
0: tabloid in
2: Tokyo. I would like to point out that that match never happened.
0: <laughs> uh, it didn't maybe happen in the United States of America, but the learned wrestling fan, you know, someone who's studied or understood the industry knows that not only did Penultimo Dragon use a steel chair to strike Jushin Thunder Liger, but that the chair was not gimmicked in any way. And for a period of seven months after that, Jushin Thunder Liger believed he was a Liger and actually made it with a Tiger. Oh, great. And that's how the super Jushin Thunder Liger character was come about.
1: And there you have a comprehensive history of the junior
0: heavyweights in Japan.
2: Uh, he did wrestle the Road Warriors in uh, the Tokyo Dome, though.
0: Mm, yeah, this is where they got that idea.
2: I don't, I don't even remember asking
1: about any of that. So today we're going to talk about the top five promos of the year. The number five promo of 2020, Britt Baker, uh, role model number two. Hey gang, it's Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and we're back this week because I had so many requests on Twitter, Instagram, and even those old folks on Facebook begging for more tips of being a role model. So you, the fans asked, here I am. Rule number two is one I learned very early in life, and that's not everyone can be a role model. Fat people, guys and girls, you need to suck it in for photos. I've never, altered a photo in my life. But for all you cows out there, Photoshop and filters are your friends. That really resonated with me, especially with having you on the show, Zabe, because you were really
0: kind of a late bloomer, if I recall. That's true. I could not read or write until I was 15 years old.
1: And then the first thing you wrote was a wrestling newsletter.
0: Uh, In Northern California, where I'm from, they would show Lucha Libre wrestling from Mexico and Texas. And I saw the great late Hirohito Gordado. Of course. Famously, Eddie Guerrero's great great Japanese grandfather. Mm. He had been a veteran of the Spanish American War and invented the Hurricane Rana.
1: So, Eddie Guerrero's Japanese?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost every great wrestler has a secret or public Japanese lineage, going back to even the nature boy Buddy Rogers.
1: Hmm. Well, that's uh, that's interesting. I didn't know Buddy Rogers was uh, Japanese.
0: Well, he he's not ethnically Japanese. You ah. see, his father was a prisoner of war in the Second World War, and while he was imprisoned, he fell in love with uh, his captors and decided to become Japanese. He learned the language and immersed himself in the culture and raised his children to be Japanese.
1: So he had Japanese kids.
0: Well, once again, now we're getting into a thing where sometimes in the modern climate, you have to be careful about the things that you say and the people about which you say them. So he was culturally Japanese is what I would say.
1: Well, Britt Baker is culturally from Pittsburgh. Do you know brit baker and why doesn't she return your phone calls probably in text
0: messages well one of the rules with dr baker is you're not allowed to text her you have to send a letter in the mail mm. and that gets you permission to have a phone call and what i suspect is happening is she's a little upset because while this promo was good and compelling it did only do a 0.36 in the demo, and the segments before and after it had done higher numbers. In the segment before, uh, you, of course, had a 0.52 in the demo, which was more than double NXT's number at the time. And in the quarter hour after, it what bumped back up to a 0.42. <laughs> I think we all know that kind of thing is well outside uh, standard deviation error. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I like it because she comes off as a giant bitch, and I want to see her get beat up by other women. She has a beef with uh, Tony Schiavone here.
2: I mean, who doesn't?
1: Yeah. I mean, she says that not everybody can be a role model, and then she says, you know, people that wear glasses, wannabes, fat people, pretty much all things that are Tony Shivani. Zev, do you still talk to Tony?
0: We haven't spoken in... 17 years because when wcw was collapsing i suggested that he deliver all the commentary in japanese i thought it would improve the match quality and what ended up happening of course was he told me and uh pardon my crudeness to go fuck myself with a steak and i asked a clarifying question of whether he meant the food item or uh something for pitching a tent. And he said, no, I'm not pitching a tent at the idea of you getting fucked by a stake." And uh, that was the last time we spoke.
2: Did you follow through?
0: When someone challenges you, you accept the challenge. Yes, of course. Okay. But because he did not clarify what I ended up doing was both.
2: Understandable.
0: Uh, that was actually the only week a, an issue of the newsletter has not come out in the past 47 years.
1: That was a wonderful week. Number four promo on the list is the, uh, just came out recently, The Foundation, uh, Jonathan Gresham. Ring of Honor wasn't Ring of Honor until they had the pure championship, until they had pure wrestlers.
2: And those wrestlers would go on to become the identity, the essence, and the foundation of Ring of Honor. But it wasn't until Ring of Honor decided that the pure wrestler had ran his course that our wings were clipped and we were shunned. That was no accident. They used one of our absolute best to
1: try to end us. Kevin, you probably watched a lot of Ring of Honor. What did you? What do you remember about that time? Because that was a time that a lot of wrestling fans look, at, look back at fondly.
2: I mean, that's really kind of the era that got me into independent wrestling. Uh, so I was a big Dan- uh, Bryan Danielson fan. I still think he's the best in the world. I I mean, I really enjoyed this promo because, one, I enjoyed the pure wrestling championship. I'm excited for the tournament that's coming up. And I thought Gresham made some good points that uh, pretty much a guy that inspired all the pure wrestlers that we have now went and, like, ended that division entirely and won it, like, pretty much won the belt and ended the belt not through, like, technical wrestling but just from elbowing a guy and, like, that doesn't seem right. So, uh, like, I sided with Gresham. Uh, he brought up nostalgia, which helped. Um, and I think he made a good point.
0: This was, to me, a classic Purosu promo. It uh, harkened back to this one promo that Akira Tao had in Alja- all Japan that at the time drew 3 million Japanese viewers. Uh, a lot of people say Akira Tao is the big inspiration. Not only behind Gresham's in ring style, but his total dearth of charisma on the microphone.
1: Uh, who is it?
0: Akira Tao.
1: Akira Tao, yeah. Yeah, I see the similarities. I mean I do
2: not,
0: What well, they they're both in ring wizards. Agree or disagree, skiff.
2: I I agree that they're both good wrestlers. I think they have different completely different styles, but
0: I believe I said wizards. As opposed I mean, to as opposed to out of the ring wizards. Yeah, I mean, That's like a Gandalf or, or uh, a Gandalf of white, or even a Saruman. I don't want to hear about your family. You know, I've asked you not to bring up my son, who is in fact a wizard of House Gryffindor. This is established, and it's just true about him. And I'd appreciate it if you would keep his name, of course, off of your tongue.
1: The number three promo of twenty twenty, MJF. Um, promo that he cut in MLW Major League Wrestling right before his Loser Leaves Town match with the Southern psychopath, Mance Warner.
2: How about I tell you a little story, Mance? When I was a young man, I recall walking the hallways of my school when a bunch of kids thought it'd be a quaint little idea to run up behind me with their fists filled to the brim with quarters. And they threw them at me. They threw them at me as hard as they possibly could. And as my skin began to welt, they said, "Pick it up, Jew boy." Now the leader of that group, his name was Joe, and I didn't forget about that. I went home and I told myself that uh, Joe was going to pay. I walked up behind him, I tapped him on the shoulder, and I knocked him the fuck out.
1: I never want anyone to get beat up more than, bes actually besides besides MJF, probably you. You're probably my number one. Say if, uh, someone that I like dream about getting beaten up, but number two would
0: be MJF. Many people have that dream, and I have circumvented it from becoming a reality by constantly lifting weights, as you know.
1: Yeah, I do know that you. You get pretty. I I mean I I I, I see you on Twitter, man.
0: I did three hundred push-ups this morning, and with each one of them, I thought about how I wish your career were better and your writing filled with more integrity.:
1: Oh, uh, I think my shit is pretty integral, you know what I mean? You know, I'm doing some things here. Uh, I'm tracking down the Goblet gooker. I got some leads on that
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i i I do have to ask have have your leads led you to the far East? No, but you know, and you're not really quite on the trip.
1: Well, I don't know. I, I think he's in Mexico.
0: I once went to Tijuana to see Ray Mysterio senior wrestle uh, a donkey. And it turns out that the bill was somewhat misleading. Uh, yeah. And it was Mrs. Ray Mysterio senior. And yeah. And I've never seen this style of match before, but I, I did rate it at five stars uh, because the finish was unpredictable and the donkey did some moves I had never seen before or since.
1: Right. MJF actually lost this match in empty arena at which point uh, in the middle of the match, uh, MJF picked up a stray cell phone
0: and tried to call a taxi to leave town. (laughs) I'll say there's not much you can see in wrestling that hasn't been done before, but this was a moment that was very nearly unique. It did make me laugh out loud, just like I did now remembering it.
1: Sorry, when you say very, very nearly, nearly
0: unique,
1: uh, what did would you mean?
0: Oh, <laughs> I'm sure we can all remember. Uh, while Jumbo Ceruto was being trained by the funks in Texas. He, uh, he did a development run. In Memphis, and he and Jerry Lawler had a loser leaves town match that actually, uh, in a surprise ending, ended when Jumbo Saruda, the Japanese wrestler, he uh, went to a payphone and called uh, Jerry Lawler's mother to come pick him up, and then, in, and of course, a classic Southern wrestling twist. And so, uh, it's something nobody had thought to do before because of how preposterous it was. Lawler's mother low blow Jumbo Saruta, uh, allowing uh, Jerry to pin him. And then uh, Jerry Lawler actually had a child drive Jumbo Saruta in the, uh, in the car to the airport.
2: Well, you can get a license. It's pretty young in Memphis.
0: And uh, believe it or not, the gate that night,
1: Mm. $38,000. Second promo of 2020. We got to give a shout out to the women. Did Charlotte Flair answer Rhea Ripley's WrestleMania challenge? This is from a February episode of NXT. Bianca Belair comes out the go home show before NXT TakeOver, and she's talking up her match uh, with Rhea Ripley. So in a little bit over a week, I'll be heading to TakeOver Portland to become your next NXT Women's Champion. But apparently... Rhea, she must have forgot about all that because she don't went to Raw and got all up in Charlotte's business. I don't care about no queen and I ain't here for no queen. Woman, I have a lot of respect for you. And I think you are an amazing athlete. But you are not me. Hold up, hold up. Uh Uh-uh. You standing here and you don't even go here. I thought that was great because both in a professional and personal setting, heard someone express that idea to you. Why are you here? That kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I I feel like you're specifically remembering the 2017 All Japan Women's Pro Wrestling Reunion in Los Angeles show where uh, Dump Matsumoto and Devil Masami were having a discussion, and I said hello, and uh, they each said to me in unison, as if it had been prearranged, flawless English, like they had been practicing to say it specifically in this circumstance at the exact same time for many years. And they they told me that I did not, in fact, even go there. And I left uh, out of respect.
1: Kevin, what do you think of these women here?
0: What's your top three list? Go now.
2: Uh, We'll go Kana slash Asuka, Aja Kong, Sarah Del Rey. Well, I can't argue with that list.
0: I, of course, can. Your list has a glaring omission. <laughs> but do you think you can guess who it is? You're laughing.
1: Uh, I wasn't laughing. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't say anything.
0: You, you, skiff in your list. You included Sarah Del Rey. She's been an inactive wrestler and a trainer for many years. So yep. she, of course, does not qualify, in my opinion, as a great current wrestler. There is one woman, like if if we're opening the books up, why not say Bull Nakano? I think she's probably better than Sarah Del Rey.
2: And Bull's still active as well?
0: She's as active as Sarah Del Rey, is my point. Skiff.
1: I believe she became a professional golfer.
0: That's correct. And she actually once cut a promo on a putting green.
1: So, what has hit the number one promo of 2020 of this um, weird half year? The number one promo of 2020. Eddie Kingston's debut on AEW Dynamite.
0: No, no, no. We're going to get this right. We're going to do this. That's Eddie Kingston. Good. He's one of the dirtiest Great. fighters in independent wrestling. You talk about grinding. You talk about living this rough life, all that jazz. No one's going to outgrind you, all that stuff. My man, it's easy to say that when you grew up around used to be legends
2: like Arn Anderson. Yeah, you heard me. Keep shooting murder ones at me, and I'll knock your jaw right off your face, partner.
1: Perfectly encapsulates how I feel about you, save. Um, But anyway, after this uh, match, he uh, won a a contract. He got signed by AEW. Do you know Eddie Kingston? Have you ever met Eddie Kingston?
0: It feels like your promo list is perhaps a chance or an attempt to embarrass me and bring up moments from my past that I am not proud of. But yes, I have met Eddie Kingston and I believe you know this and you were there.
1: Oh yeah. At the Shakar show.
0: Yes. And what happened, of course, we'll all remember is after Eddie cut nearly the same promo, but in this version, he, didn't say murder one. Uh, and I actually thought this was borderline racist. He said those long spears that Samurais use, and he was cutting the promo on Yoshitatsu who was playing his famous character, Yoshitatsu. You see in Japan, he's known as Yoshitatsu.
1: Wait, uh, Eddie King is black, right? That's an
0: interesting question.
1: I mean, if he's black, then it can't be racist. i Puerto Rican.
0: I still don't know if he can be racist there.
1: All right, you know what? This has all been very interesting. Uh, I want to get to the point here. You mentioned that you were cons- you you that I was trying to embarrass you, and uh, that's not the case. I just uh, I had some really good news that I uh, wanted to share uh, with my audience with you with Kevin my friends here. Um I got a book deal. Mm. That's right. I'm writing a real fucking book. A real fucking book with a real publisher, real editors, real paycheck, all right?
0: What one, one piece of advice I'd like to offer you is and I uh, I learned this by watching not by experiencing as you know my three books have performed very well. But in Japan, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, number one in Japan, in, J- in Japan. But uh, I, uh, I saw this with my dear friend and former colleague, Gabe Newell, who, uh, who of course learned that book advances are, are advances. You, you should be careful with that money because if you do not sell enough books to recoup the cost, uh, they will collect it. That's something I would be very concerned about if I were you.
1: Yeah, I'm not worried about that. I'm pretty hot right now. You know, this show has been is really out there, you know what I mean? They talk about Peabody Awards. Mm-hmm. they talking about uh, you know I me, mean? Image Awards, you know, the the Snookers, those are the awards they give out to true crime wrestling shows. Um, uh, I might get a Snooker this year. Mm-hmm. So, I'm feeling good about everything really. And uh I just wanted to uh, I forgot that you had you had already written some books.
0: Mm -hmm. this is i'm gonna give you a piece of advice that uh i was given by uh both Rikidozan and antonio noki okay great which was uh it's not about how much you make it's about how much you save and you know i i would just be very again very careful with that advance money all
1: right well is there anything you want to plug i guess that's it
0: uh yeah my newsletter Comes out every week. Uh, It is still written by hand for each individual recipient. Uh, So it it does carry a hefty price tag of $35 a month. But uh, with that, you'll get access to my exclusive subscribers newsletter. That's a second newsletter that I also write by hand to every subscriber. Uh, And in that newsletter, I explain not only the demographic breakdowns of this week's US wrestling shows. But I bring up specific moments in Japanese wrestling history that, uh, that imply uh, American wrestling is a poor shadow of Japanese wrestling.
1: Well, I'm probably just going to beep all of that out anyway. Kevin, you got anything that you want to plug?
2: Yeah, I just want to plug that uh, thanks to this episode. Uh, thank you for having me on there, and thank uh, you. And I'm just Thank glad that I'm going to get a free, uh, free subscription to these handwritten letters. So that's all cool with me. I'm sorry, what? Uh, it's fine. You, it's yeah, a part I of the told deal. him
1: that you'd give him a free subscription.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, don't do that weird nervous thing, man. Just give him a subscription.
2: Look, times are tough. The second $1,200 hasn't come in yet. and I'm just trying to read.
0: So be it. I hope your book fails.
1: Thank you. I I hope you get deported from Japan. A big thank you to Kevin Skiffington and W. Cody Skinner. And thank you, I guess, to zave melter for coming on the show Um, but there's still many questions he left unanswered for example has his clinical dandruff problem cleared up does he consider being a 40 year old virgin an asset or a liability and what flavor of muscle milk goes well with steroids these are all great questions hopefully he can uh answer those on his own time Uh, but oh all right, hold on a second. Stop recording. Let's see, all right, okay. Hi, Um. are you Depends on who's asking. Process server. Oh yeah, that's me.
2: You've been served.
1: You gotta be shitting me. This is a lawsuit. Viceland and the producers of Dark Side of the Ring. You gotta be shitting me. I'm being sued by Dark Side of the Ring for slander. Unreal. Yo, this is some bullshit. All right, whatever, man. Let's let's do this here, man. Just turn this recording back on. All right, start recording. You can join the conversation, too, at Inside the... Uh they they know where to find the show. I'm just going to turn this off.
0: Some people don't like to learn, that's, that's what I've learned.